Hi everyone, it is now 5 p.m. on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me via email at news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, you're tuned in to CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm your host for the special program, Alexandra Fernandez. And today in our studios with me, I have one of my dear friends, actually, Arisha Agarwal. She is a Queen's University student and she actually just came back from competing at Miss World Canada, which is super awesome. And today, Arisha and I are going to be discussing not only the pageant experience, but also this amazing nonprofit organization that she founded called the Youth Engagement Stance. So um, without further ado, let's welcome Arisha to CFRC. Hi, Alex. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing so good now that I finally get to catch up with you. I know, it's been so long since we've seen each other in person, like literally probably a year and a a half, almost two years at this point. So it's super nice to have you in our studios and stuff. Is this your first time in a CFRC studio? Yes, it is. Yes, okay. it is. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. not your first time ever doing radio. No. You used to do radio. Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I worked there, too. Nice. Yeah. Good for you. Look at that. Yeah. We're so similar. <laughs> um, so um, before we get into it, just for our listeners, can you just introduce yourself for us? Tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Arisha. I'm a third year student at Queen's University and I'm majoring in chem and doing a bunch of like prerequisites for medical school because I'm hoping to go into surgery. Wow. So that's kind of what I'm on right now. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Bold, ambitious. Thank you. Um, awesome. And <laughs> um, what kind of things have you done at Queen's University like during your quite a lot, quite a lot. So I actually started off um, being a part of like the Queen's Debating Union. Amazing. I did Queen's Television, which you were actually the president for. Yes, I remember hiring you and seeing you in your <laughs> interviews. Yes. So fun. I've actually been a part of the Queen's Women of Color Collective. And I'm actually the youth conference coordinator for Cupid right now, Queen's Project of International Development. Awesome. So we're working on our youth con right now. So that's pretty fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. And how is it kind of being back at Queen's now in person, doing in-person learning and stuff? It's really good because I'm a very social person. Mm -hmm. So I love being around my friends and making new friends. But I've actually been getting a lot of input from different people about Mm -hmm. how they feel with being back in person. So it's cool to hear different perspectives. Yeah. And are you happy to be back in person? I am. I am. Because you did your second year undergrad all online when you were at home I did. in um, Manitoba. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? You know, it was different. Obviously, I loved doing my midterms in my pajamas and having food in class. I loved it. That is a good point. It was, yes. it was really good, but I really missed the social aspect of it. So I'm really happy to be back that way. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely a challenge and it had its ups and downs like any other kind of school year, but definitely proved mm-hmm. a lot more challenging in those kind of COVID ways, so to speak. Absolutely. But... And so much self-reflection when you just have to yeah. like sit at home. Yeah. Definitely. But no, it's uh, good to be back, I bet. And good to have you back yeah, and stuff. Yeah, thank to you. See you. Um, so kind of jumping right into the, I guess, the meat of the interview, so sure. to speak. Um, so like I mentioned in our intro, you founded a nonprofit organization that we're going to talk about a ton today. And that's called the Youth Engagement Stance, also known as YES. Project so YES. You, yes. yes, Project YES. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is Project YES? And what does the Youth Engagement Stance aim to do? 
Okay. So Project Yes is essentially a platform for youth to be able to raise their voice and talk about issues that aren't normally talked about. Today's youth face a ton of pressure, you Mm -hmm. know, like financial pressure, academic pressure, career pressure, family pressure, mental health pressure, so many. And a lot of these things aren't really addressed because when you talk to kids about it, all the adults are like, you know, that's life. Everyone goes through it. Yeah. And the I thing is, if totally you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you went through it, why should your kids have to go through it? Mm-hmm. So Project Yes is like a for the youth, by the youth kind of organization. Very nice. Where we give the youth a platform to bring the things that they are going through to talk about it. And other youth who have been through that kind of situation can provide them with like strategies or solutions that worked for them to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a youth platform. But the nonprofit part of it comes in where we partner with like different institutions and corporations. So we'll partner with banks to create like an article that says like, you know, how to apply for a student loan, easy to follow guide for youth. Awesome. That's so needed in this day and age. Like literally just find an article, find what you're looking for, easy step, 10 step, you're done. Yeah. Or something like we partner with institutions to discuss like what kind of scholarships or bursaries are available for the youth right now. So yeah, just basically making life a little bit easier for youth. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish I had something like that when I was like yeah. going through university applications yeah. or like in my first couple of years now being a graduate and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's so many resources and opportunities that I probably missed out on. Like maybe if I didn't even get them, like at least I could have tried. You know exactly, what I mean? But, yeah. Or no. knew about it. You could have prepared yourself a little bit more for it. I know I felt that way. Mm-hmm. Like going into medical school there or, you know, even like law school or business school. So yeah. many different kinds of schools. Even coming to university, you needed certain prerequisites to get in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of high school students don't even know that you need those prerequisites until you're applying and it's too late yeah it's like you can't really do anything about it now like I'm not gonna be able to kind of do a whole course in like you know 20 days like two months or something like until I have to apply for post-secondary yeah exactly um yeah so that's uh that's really amazing thank you um and also like kudos to you for just doing something like that not even like post 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 secondary but like while you're still in your undergrad actually I've been doing this since I was 14 years old wow um yeah yeah I started in grade nine and um so basically how it started was I became the youth board member of a communities in bloom organization Mm -hmm. and from there um I got promoted and elected to be the chairwoman and then from there I just started you know bamming out all the positions in my community and trying to get as many resources to the youth as I could right so I became the youth board member of the, the chamber of council um the city council um chamber of commerce sorry and like portage active transportation committee community revitalization corporations all sorts of things to basically get as much information to the students as possible so that they could get on all the resources that are available for them Mm -hmm. wow yeah so since 14 since 14 yeah even better even better (laughs) than we um imagined and stuff so where did the inspiration kind of come from to start the Youth Engagement Stance Project. Um, quite a bold one, too, my dad. Yeah, yeah where did all you. that kind of start from? Obviously, like, clearly it sounds like there's definitely been experiences through mm-hmm. your schooling, no matter what grade you were in and which mm-hmm. this kind of stemmed from. But if you can elaborate a little bit more. Well, when I was growing up in, like, high school, I wanted to do debate. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, my school nor my city had any resources for debate, not a debate team, not a debate coach, nothing. Mm-hmm. When I looked at Winnipeg, which is, like, the capital of Manitoba, yeah. All the private schools had, like, the best debate coaches, the best debate teams and everything. They had all these resources that we didn't have in Mm -hmm. my city. And so that's when I realized that there are so many resources that we just don't even know of, nor Mm -hmm. are we getting. So I reached out to the Manitoba Debate uh, and Speech Association board, and I said, hey, I want to do this. And after I went through all of that effort, I was able to do it, and I was able to, like, go to nationals and internationals. Awesome. Good for you for, like, advocating for yourself and, like, just kind of 
for lack of better wording, shooting your shot and like look where it kind of led to and everything. Exactly. And that is the sole reason that I have all the opportunities and skills that I do today. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, the kids right now aren't even getting that chance to like shoot their shot because they don't know where to shoot it. Right. They don't know where to go, what to do, who to ask. And so I guess the inspiration from Project Yes came from my own experiences as a youth where I didn't know where to go, but I was able to find my way thanks to the amazing people in my life. But now I want to give that to the other students. And I want to say, here, you don't have the resources, but I'll tell you where to go and look for them. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. you're just paying it forward. Exactly. Yeah, and that's something that, yeah, you know, like you never know, like, who you can kind of inspire, I guess. Like, you can inspire the next, exactly. I don't know, Barack Obama or something, you know? Like, that would yeah. be so cool. Dude, there's so many, like, so much talent, so many talented gems and like, like, the most weirdest places you will ever find. Mm-hmm. And they don't get to get out because they aren't given that platform. Mm-hmm. So Project Yes literally just gives them the platform to just come out and see what they're even good at, what they want to do, where they want to go, and how yeah. to get there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Would you say that Project Yes is kind of like an equality or equity-based kind of like outlook based on that kind of thing? Sure. Giving people that. Definitely giving them like a fair playing field that Mm -hmm. like, you know, these people have these opportunities and you didn't come and get them. Yeah. But it's not more of like a equality, equity playing field in the sense that we're getting other youth who already have these resources to guide the ones that don't. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, so like for example, you graduated, right? You went through like the whole undergraduate experience. Mm-hmm. You know the things that you could have done better versus the things that you could have been more prepared for. Yeah. And now for somebody who might just be coming into Queens in their first year, they have tons of questions. You could probably guide them on so much like, okay, this is what not to do. This is what you should do. This yeah. is, you know, all that stuff. Um, like don't spend all your TAMs in first year by like September. That is not good. Oh my Personal gosh. experience. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah. Like um, I, not my TAMs, but all of my flex. I was done with it by the end of September. And then I realized. I'm yeah, like, the oh, flex like, goes fast it here goes at so Queens. Fast. For sure. Yeah. So you don't even realize it. You're swiping that student card yeah, away. And it's like a gift card where you just reload it. Like you don't understand how much money like exactly. you put into it. Bad, bad, bad. But yeah. yeah. So like things like that. <laughs> but now because we've been through it, we can guide those kids who are just coming in. Right. right. And so it's just kind of like a youth for youth because youth are more likely to listen to us, like fellow youth, more than they are to like adults because adults have that like adult perspective now, right? Mm-hmm. Where they've been through life. They have like that whole maturity arc that not necessarily all the students have gone through yeah, yet. That's fair. They have a whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. So when they're giving kids advice, they aren't really giving them based on like what the kids are seeing. They're giving it on what they're seeing. Yeah. And also like generationally speaking too, generations exactly. are so different. Exactly. Like our parents and stuff like that even like probably some of our aunts or uncles who are maybe mm-hmm. like younger cousins of our parents so different like we so can't really compare to like exactly. the types of places they grew up in also like I don't know about you but like me being like I'm an immigrant and stuff like yeah. that too like my parents went to school in India in the <laughs> 80s like that is not the same university yeah. experience at all exactly compared to me going to school at Queens in like yeah. the 2020s like the 2010s exactly. you know like it's so different like generationally speaking culturally culturally speaking so I love the whole idea of youth engagement stance yeah. of project yes being youth to the youth exactly yeah yeah that's awesome thank you you. yeah of course yeah I totally get in on that parent thing because even my parents are from India Mm -hmm. so when they relate their experiences back to me they have a completely different experience that they're you know referencing so I can't relate to them they can't relate to me so it's really hard to yeah you have that barrier and that makes it really difficult but then when you come and you kind of meet people through university even through like mentorships programs that kind of thing like you do meet a lot of people who you 
may not relate to in all aspects, but definitely some. But at least the fact that you're both in university right now experiencing, like, the same kind of things. Yeah, exactly. Like, you and I being, like, people going Queens and stuff. Mm -hmm. We're similar in age, like, two years apart. We're kind of culturally the same, (laughs) so to speak. But, yeah, Yeah. like, definitely. Um, So... Back to what we kind of talked about a little bit before. Sure. You just came back from Alberta. Uh, Toronto. No, Toronto, Toronto. Toronto. You just came back from Toronto. Yeah. Representing representing Manitoba mm-hmm. at Miss World Canada. I did. Yeah. Amazing. First Thank of all, let's you. give a little clap Thank for you. you. <laughs> um, in which you were advocating and using that platform to mm-hmm. promote Project Yes. Yeah. So first off, I just have to ask, like, how was that experience being it in the pageant was, world? Was that your first time? And it everything? was my first time. The girls are literally amazing. And you know what? Before I went in, I kept hearing about, like, you know, the pageant sisterhood. And I was like, okay, okay. I went in, I came out, and I'm like, yeah, it's real. It's definitely real. <laughs> yeah. The girls and I are all still in touch. We're best friends. And it was genuinely an amazing experience. And it was so much to learn, so much to see. Yeah literally amazing how do you get into that whole thing like how do you you know like apply for it what's the process like to even compete in something like that So actually I have a friend um and she does a lot of pageants and so she being in that industry already kind of looked at me and said you know Arisha you're kind of mastering all the other performance stuff like singing and speech and all that kind of stuff why don't you try pageants and I'm like okay sure so she actually sent me the application for it oh wow yeah and so that's when I applied for it and then yeah there were so many interviews because um we couldn't have a provincial pageant because of COVID and yeah. everything. So they were like, okay, we're just going to do like a real, like a lot of interviews. And then through that, I got selected as a national finalist, which Amazing. was really unexpected because I've never done this before. Considering your first time. Yeah, exactly. that's so awesome. Exactly. And so many of these girls had like insane pageant experience training for like years and years and wow. coaching. And again, that is something I didn't know I had to do. So mm-hmm. if there was like a resource there that somebody told me, you know, maybe there Back you go. Project, project yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, but no. Um, so yes, there's just so many things that I got to learn. And yeah. now I know what I want to do and what I need to improve on and what I need to focus on and goals I set so that when I go back I'll be Mm. I'll be there so you are gonna go back I definitely am gonna go back yeah awesome that's amazing yeah best of luck with that even though it's kind of a while a ways away but it is yeah um so um what programs does Project Yes offer to young people in what ways can they kind of you know grab out those resources and what resources are there for them to kind of absolutely grab out so right now since we're still in like the very starting baby phases of this project Mm -hmm. uh, we offer two programs one being the podcast and then the other being the youth counselor Um, so the youth counselor is like a news outlet basically where we write a lot of articles about like different things Mm -hmm. so like the example that I gave you before how to write like a or how to apply for a student loan um another one would be like um i don't know like if you're looking for jobs how to polish your interview skills or what to say in an interview things like that so different different articles for different different pressures that youth face yeah and so basically everything's divided into tabs like career family mental health blah 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 and then you can just click on the tab and you can get so many articles for what you're looking for and then read different experiences that other youth have submitted or the ones that our teams have researched everything like Mm -hmm. that And then the other one is the podcast, which we are still developing right now, so it's not released yet. But basically what that will be is giving 
different youth a chance to come out and talk about things. So each episode, I'll have like a different person come out. They can choose to be anonymous. If they want to be anonymous, they can choose to be public with their identity. And they bring a topic that they want to talk about to the youth and to everyone. So I actually have one person who wants to come out and talk about like, you know, their mental health after COVID and after mm-hmm. quarantining and after doing school online really declined. They want to talk yeah. about that and find a community that also relates to that. Mm-hmm. And so the podcast gives them that platform to just connect with other people who have felt that way mm-hmm. and discuss those like strategies to deal with it. Awesome. That's really amazing. Thank and, you. And um, on what kind of platforms and how can people access these resources, programs, podcast episodes, and also just learn more about Absolutely. the organization? Yeah. So I actually have a website. Um, so that's I, we can connect that in like an article or a link below. Um, but yeah, I have a website. And then you can also find uh, us on Instagram at the Youth Engagement Stance, us on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. We ha- we're everywhere. And if you have any questions, you can always DM us. You can always DM me on my personal Instagram as well at Arisha Agarwal. And I would be happy to like take you to the right places or direct you where to go. Um, But yeah, you can definitely go to the website mostly for all of these resources. And the website can be found on my Instagram or any other social media. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add about Project Yes, about your pageantry, about anything for that matter? You know... None about that. What I really want to say is to the students or the youth out there is that a lot of people hold back from the things they have to say. I know so many people have so much to say. They just don't say it out of fear of like, you know, what if no one else feels the same? What if I'm not able to express it properly? And so the thing I want to say to them is that, you know, even if you feel that way, just come out and say it. It could be anonymously. It could be publicly. Whatever you feel. Mm -hmm. Come out and say it because I guarantee you there are people who feel that way and they're waiting for somebody to come up and say it for them. Yeah. And so just come out and say it like if you want to dm me personally and talk about an issue or tell me what you want me to talk about i would love to research the issues that you would like me to talk about and yeah so that's for the youth for the adults i'd say that if you have any resources that you feel that the youth should know about with your like experience and wisdom and you've like been through it so you can you know direct us on what to use definitely let me know and i would love to tell the youth about it yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Arusha, for joining me today at CFRC thank to discuss um, your experience at Miss World Canada and yeah. um, also talking about Project Yes. It's such a great resource, and I hope that so many people learn more about it through this interview and that so many people can access it too because what you're doing is really great, thank very, you. very good work, especially, you know, in this day and age. It's it's hard being a young person. It really is. It's a lot more challenges yeah. through finances, like, financially, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, yeah. especially now in a pandemic age as well. Especially. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Thank and you for having me. It was yes, so great catching up. Yeah, for sure. So just one more time, can you please remind us where we can find more information and learn about these resources and programs for Project Yes? Absolutely. So you can go on any of our social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, search the Youth Engagement Stance, and it should be there in the link provided. If by any chance you cannot find it, feel free to message me on my personal Instagram at Arusha Agarwal. The link should be in my bio. If not, I would love to like send it to you. So you can just message me there. Okay, amazing. Well, yeah. thank you so much again for joining me. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too.
We're back and you're tuned in to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. We have some news updates for you folks. For the second weekend in a row, Kingston Police and Bylaw Enforcement, alongside community partners, work together to address and mitigate disruptive gatherings in the University District area. While this past weekend showed a small decrease in disruptive behavior, Bylaw Enforcement issued 64 administrative monetary penalties, totaling $68,700 in fines. Kingston Police issued 83 provincial offenses fines and 57 amps, which are administrative monetary penalties. 14 individuals were arrested. While we saw a slight improvement from October 16th and 17th in terms of the volume of partiers, officers continue to observe aggressive, volatile, and disrespectful behavior that has unfortunately become the norm these past weeks, says Kingston Police Chief Anchi McNeely. We want to thank those students who exercised caution and found safe and responsible ways to gather. On the other hand, we continue to advise those who consistently ignore our warnings that any illegal behavior will be addressed through appropriate fines and charges. Community partners, including police, bylaw, Frontenac paramedics, and Kingston Fire and Rescue, worked together throughout the weekend, ensuring that emergency services remained able to respond to the evolving situation while continuing to support the needs of the larger community. A lot of time, effort, and resources have gone into preparing for the past two weekends, says Paige Agnew, Commissioner of Community Services for the City. Not only were staff present on the ground to ensure that crucial services and infrastructure were not disrupted, but they also met with community partners to facilitate a coordinated community response that plays resident safety first. This weekend also saw multiple crowds gathering on major roadways, posing an immediate threat to the safety of pedestrians in the area. Police and bylaw enforcement were able to intervene and successfully clear multiple gatherings throughout the day. Kingston Police were also supported by the Durham Regional Police, the Toronto Police Service, the Ontario Provincial Police Public Order Unit, York Regional Police, the Belleville Police Service, Gananoque Police Service, and the Smiths Falls Police Service. For October 23rd and 24th, Kingston Police statistics released that with provincial offenses, there were 81 liquor licensing act charges and two highway traffic act charges. In terms of arrests, for Kingston Police, there was one possession of a dangerous weapon and, con- and a controlled substance and 12 public intoxication arrests. In terms of amps, there was four for obstructing an officer, 26 for attending, hosting, or sponsoring an aggravated nuisance party, which totaled $30,000, 25 amps for amplified noise, and two for yelling or shouting. In terms of bylaw enforcement statistics for this past weekend, um, in terms of administrative monetary penalties, there was an obstruction of an officer, which was one totaling 500, yelling and shouting, totaling 200, amplification of sound, totaling six thousand dollars um one for hosting attending or sponsoring a nuisance party totaling two thousand dollars and 30 amps for failing to comply with an emergency order totaling sixty thousand dollars the city is asking for input from residents on the short list of possible indigenous language names for what is now called the third crossing the name chosen for the bridge is intended to recognize and honor indigenous culture and history in kingston and area We know that as a city, we need to broaden our understanding of Kingston's history by incorporating more Indigenous stories and to facilitate a community dialogue that prioritizes reconciliation, says Mayor Patterson. The naming of the new bridge, the city's largest ever infrastructure project, is one step towards these important goals. This is about building bridges, not only from one shore of the Cataraqui to the other, but within our community as we work towards healing. 
Early in the naming process, broad community input was sought to gather initial name suggestions, confirm naming themes, and begin defining criteria for the shortlist name selection. Six virtual meetings were held with Indigenous nations and interested local Indigenous community members and residents, and a consensus was reached in the shortlist of potential names for the new bridge. This list includes six names, three in the Mohawk language and three in Ojibwe. Jennifer Campbell, Director of Heritage Services, says that the concept of building and strengthening relationships between Indigenous peoples and all Canadians has been a recurring theme throughout many of the discussions surrounding the Third Crossing. Many important discussions surrounding nature and environmental themes as well as Indigenous worldviews allowed participants to come up with six potential names that we are excited to engage with residents about. Public engagement on the names will run until November 29th and will include information sessions with local businesses and organizations, presentations to school classes in Kingston, a survey asking residents for input on the shortlist of names, and an educational campaign that includes a video and an information document on the list of potential names. The City and Consultants First Peoples Group will then reconvene with Indigenous nations and interested members of the local Indigenous community on feedback received. The preferred name will be confirmed and then presented to Mayor and City Council for affirmation and then announced to the public. You can complete the survey from October 25th to November 29th by going to getinvolved.cityofkingston.ca to view the conversation and to complete surveys to let staff know your comments and how you'd rank the shortlist of names. You can also complete the surveys by phone or request a mailed paper copy by calling 613-546-0000. You can also read about the naming themes, concept and meanings, and you can also watch a video for the pronunciation of the shortlist of names. That is all the news updates I have for you folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Today in YGK and CFRC 101.9 FM. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.